0: Mike, don't do the this is not
1: my don't don't the
0: don't Hello and welcome to Growth Nostalgia, a podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thanks so much for listening. Today, um, I want to welcome you all. Thank you so much for everybody who listened to the last episode called Fears, Friends, and Teens. Today, we're going to do something similar because I am still traveling for work. Um, And so, you guys, again, chose the topics and we're going to today be discussing Career. Um, And so we're going to, Anthony and I are going to go over our career paths and how we got to where we are. But before uh, we get into segment number two, let's get to segment number one and just catch up, see uh, what's going on with me. So what's good? So just wanted to check in good, bad goals for the next few um, weeks, for the next two weeks. But before I go into the good and the bad, I wanted um, to just talk a little bit about something that that came up with when I com- connected with a friend uh, yesterday. Uh, so he actually had a really, really good, interesting question. He communicated to me that it felt like there had been this theme on growth massage that if you've made it out of the IE, you've made it. And I can totally see why somebody would think something like that or perceive it like that. But I wanted to break it down and kind of share my story and my perspective, because that's not how I feel at all. I think it's important for us to know the full picture so we don't take things out of context. And um, yeah, I just wanted to give some background. Um, So growing up living in the IE, I never ever thought about leaving the IE. I never grew up thinking like, I'm going to go off to college. I'm going to be far from home. I never even considered that. Um, I didn't really care or think too much about college until I got to like sophomore or junior year of high school, when you are taking the SATs and all that stuff, applying for for schools and stuff. But I never considered um, leaving. I just honestly nobody really told me. My parents never said anything to me, and that just wasn't mm, something that was in my train of thought. Um, the friends that I had, like. I don't know. None of us were talking about that. None of my close, close friends left for college either. Everybody was pretty local. And all the colleges I, um, I applied for were like local. They were like State San Bernardino, Cal Poly, I think Fullerton, I think maybe UCR, like nothing far away. Everything was close. So I never considered it. But what really led to my move to LA was just a desire for something new, um, a challenge, you know, I felt a need for growth. I felt, a need for something different. You know, I was working in education, working um, as a substitute for K through 12, and I just was over it. I had been doing it, you know, working at, in education for maybe four years, first as a, um, as an aide, and I'll talk about that in the next segment, but I was just really over it, and I was just like, I've taken all that I can from this position. I know that I don't want to be a teacher. I had made that decision, and so I was just ready to move out of my parents' house, you know, and like start a new adventure. But I just felt like I couldn't do that in the IE, you know, I felt like if I was going to move out of my parents' house, I had to move like kind of far away enough to feel like I'm not home. I really wanted to be treated like an adult because being at home with my parents, you know, I felt like they weren't, they were just treating me like a child, but rightfully so because I hadn't really proven myself to be a full adult especially living with them. So what I did was um, I thought, okay, a lot of opportunities for Anthony are in LA. Like he always talks about LA and LA is not that far from the IE. So I think that would be a, a good place to, to you know, move to and, and look for jobs. I stopped. I didn't want to work at, in education K through 12 anymore. I was looking for jobs in higher education, so college, and I looked for, for jobs in LA And I thought to myself, you know, once I find a job in LA, I'm going to save up some money and I'm going to move out there. And honestly, it could have been any city, but it just, it was LA because it was, like I said, still close enough to my parents where I still had that comfort that I could go back home. But, but honestly, it could have been any city, like it could have been SF, it could have been New York, it could have been anything I just needed to go somewhere and do something different, and experience something different. I just really desired that. And so, you know, I think it's important to to note that success is different for everybody. You know, living in a city or living in LA isn't necessarily success to me. No, it's not. It's success is being in an environment that keeps me motivated. It keeps me inspired. You know, I'm learning, and I'm growing, and ultimately, success is really just happiness to me. You know, wherever I am, wherever I'm the happiest, that's where I really want to be. Definitely just wanted to give you guys that background because I felt like it was really important and it was, you know, a really good um, thing to bring up for my friend. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful at the end of the day to to be able to have those conversations and be like, you know, no, I, I don't feel like leaving the IE is making it, you know, it's totally whatever success looks like to you, that's success. Let's go into um, the good, the good stuff. So the good stuff, I just um, got home. I celebrated my brother's birthday early today. I got to spend time with my parents. Another thing that was good is that last weekend I was able to um, go to the IE and I was able to see my family um, and Soma, my dog. I miss him so much. But yeah, I got to see my parents. I got to hang out with them um, and just like chill. My mom hit me my noodle. She wanted me to spend the night, but I was exhausted from getting back from Chicago. And I was like, nah, I just, I gotta be in my bed. So I just went for the day, hung out with them, ate menudo at night before I left. And it was awesome. It was a great time just to chill, be with my parents. My dad is doing great. So that's awesome. Another awesome thing is that my mom and I are getting along a little bit better. I'm just kind of like not trying to focus on all the bad stuff. And I'm just trying to like, not give it so much energy, especially the things that annoy me um, about her. So I'm just trying to be chill and patient. And I think also because there's so much, so many more other things going on around me, especially just like traveling and not being home as much as like usual. I think that kind of makes it a little bit better. um Another thing, I went to Chicago. It was uh, so much fun. I was only there two days, um, and it was me and my coworker. And we ended up having a good time and meeting up with other people that worked at USC in different schools. And we went out one night, had a nice dinner, and it was so much fun. It was like a good time. It was just like something different, something out of the ordinary. And our hotel was on point, man. We were like in the bougie part of Chicago. It's called like the Golden Coast or something like that. Dude, there was like a Tesla, the hotel had a Tesla that could take you places. There's a Tesla store or whatever up the street and there was like a Lamborghini store up the street. I was like, who do I think I am? But it was just fun just to be somewhere different and just to, you know, hang out with different people. I'm going to be going to San Francisco this week for, for work, just like a quick turnaround. So it's going to be chill. That's another good thing. Another good thing is I'm really, um, I'm working on the 15 to 30 minutes walking every day. It's for the most part been happening. So that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to stay true to that. So Another awesome thing is that I connected with a friend recently and she opened up uh, to me about her journey with God and and her relationship with God. And I was like, whoa, like didn't expect that. And it was nice because, you know, I've been going to church myself here uh, in LA, at Zoe Church of LA. It's awesome. We've been trying to go as much as we can. And it's amazing. We, We always leave feeling so energized. So whatever energizes you and lifts your spirit, do that. So what's not so good is that I had major anxiety on the flight back from Chicago. It was, it was just crazy. I just could not get it together. Like I just could not, the whole flight, like any little move that the plane would make, I was just like in a bad state of mind. I was trying to meditate. I was trying to do whatever I can to like, just chill, watch movies, watch shows. And nothing would take my mindset out of that. The plane ride there was like fine. But I think what happened was like, Um, the night before one of our, um, friends from a different school at USC, he told us a story about, um, recently being on a plane ride and like a bird hit the, 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 um, airplane and like the airplane was just like kind of gliding in the air. He's like, I thought I was going to die. And I'm like, you cannot say that the night before we, we all have to get on a plane home. Like, that's not cool. And then on top of that, in the morning we were running late because, our lift driver was just, like, this older, like, Peruvian man that was, like, amazing. He was so, so kind and so sweet. But he was, like, literally taking his sweet-ass time, like, not listening to the GPS um, to take us to the airport. And the airport in uh, Chicago is, like, a big international airport. So it's, like, it's not, like, in and out like, Ontario. Like, it's not like that. It's, like, you have to take your time, like, LA. And, oh, my gosh, we were just so rushed. Like, we got in there. We got our food to like take on the plane so that we like have something to eat and like you know we had missed our group like so we went in there after and we got we had our seats already assigned but it's just like that feeling of being rushed is like not good and then the combination of those negative thoughts and just like I was just like in a super negative state it was ugly and you know it was just it was a really hard day but I'm just thankful that I'm home and I'm just I'm safe and god is good um another bad thing is that my meditation class is over i'm like really sad i I went to it on wednesday and it was so good and i'm gonna keep it up i'm gonna keep trying um usc actually has a app it's called mindful usc and you can download it and every day when you want to meditate even for five minutes like it tells it asks your mood and like what you got going on that day and then it gives you it suggests different meditations that you can do And a lot of them are like five minutes and like, I'm a five minute meditation queen. Like I can't really, even like I said before, even seven minutes is a lot. It's two extra minutes. Like if you're in that space where you're like chilling and you really are down for like a longer meditation, you know what? More power to you, but not there yet. But yeah, if you guys want to download that app, it's a totally free app. It's amazing. And you just like pop in your headphones or whatever, and you just sit in a quiet place and you just meditate and it's amazing. Um, another bad thing is I haven't been back to therapy because I've been traveling and it just hasn't worked out with my session time. I'll keep you guys updated on everything. Goals for the next few weeks. Um, number one, I want to release merch by Thanksgiving. So for the holidays, um, and so I'm going to be working on that. Uh, it's a hundred percent going to go down. I just, it, this is a goal. I'm, you know what, setting my intention, manifesting it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to freaking do it. <laughs> I hope you guys like it. Um, And then the other good thing, or the other goal that I have going on is I'm going to be doing pre-production for my upcoming guests. I'm so excited about these guests that are going to be coming on. I actually was able to connect with two of them last night. Like the stars just aligned because it wasn't even like something I had planned, but it was amazing. It was good. It was, we had good conversations. I had good conversations with both of these people. And like, I can't wait for you guys to hear these people's stories. Like they're amazing. And they have so much to share. They've been through so much and um, it's going to be amazing. So, but let's go into segment number two and let's talk with Af about our careers. Damn. Damn. So before we get into talking a little bit about my career and how I got to where I got, I wanted to welcome Af back into the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me again. And
0: thanks for living here. You're Welcome. He can't go anywhere. He's trapped. He has to be on the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so anyway, Amp's back, and he's going to be sharing his career story after I share mine. But let's start with mine. So one thing, um, I mean, there are so many little jobs that I did before, um, but I'm just going to jump into what after high school. I started, um, I was working at like Abercrombie, and then after that, I started working at warehouses. I worked at like Staples, and then I worked at this place called, called Granger, and i um, they paid good and it was just like something that a lot of us did while we were going to school or kind of just figuring it out.
1: What year was that?
0: Um, Probably like 2007 or 8.
1: How much did they pay? He said $15 they paid dollars an hour. $15 an hour in 08? Yeah. Damn, the minimum wage was probably like 8 bucks.
0: Or like 675 or 7 dollars
1: yeah that's like double the amount of what other people were getting at your age that's, that's crazy. why
0: we were like chilling like it was not a big deal plus our hours were like twelve thirty to six thirty, so it was like chill so we still could go so to school easy. we can go to school in the day and then we would just get off and then just like if we wanted like if we didn't have class we would just go party but basically i started off working at our house and it was just it was cool but that's kind of like when i figured out that like i needed to be somewhere that was fulfilling like i just was like so over being in a warehouse and then mm. the recession happened and i got laid off so it was kind of like perfect a gift from god to be like okay focus on school and figure out what you want to do and so i got my associate's degree um after that because i was able to focus i was on unemployment for a little while too we used to call it fun employment mm. because it was fun and we just we had disney passes and we just go to disneyland like all the time once a week it was, it was gnarly early. Uh, cool. Um, but yeah, so I just realized that like, I could not do something that's not fulfilling. And honestly, to this day, that's probably what pushes me and keeps me from being stagnant because whenever I'm done with something, I am done with something. So I was done with working at the warehouse. I focused on my education, finished my associates. I, um, transferred to Cal State San Bernardino and that's when I became, um, like a teacher aid, like for children with disabilities, I worked in a SDC class, it's called Special Day Class, and I worked with kids with autism, basically, kids on the spectrum. And, Mm. man, that's when I realized, like, these kids are super special, and it taught me a lot about myself and about who I wanted to be. Um, But it also made me realize um, I didn't want to be a teacher. I thought I wanted to be a teacher in the beginning, and I thought I was going to go into becoming a special ed teacher because they got paid so good. Um, But then once I finished my bachelor's, I became a sub and I did it for a while and I was just like, dude, I've taken all I can from this. Like I love kids, but I cannot be in a classroom with a bunch of kids. Like I do better one-on-one with kids Mm. um, than a whole classroom. So I was like, you know, like, I don't think this is my path. I was actually starting to go into my program to get my credential after I was done with my bachelor's, but I kind of like hesitated, and it was just God telling me, like, nah, this ain't for you. I just had to try it out, but it was like, nah, that wasn't happening. So I took like two classes for that, but then I didn't end up following through. I just kind of put it on the back burner, but it just wasn't meant for me. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm so over working at, we got to, you know, working with kids in, in like a classroom. Like, being a teacher is not my jam. Like, I, I don't want to do this. And so I took all the time in the world like just focused on um applying for different jobs Mm -hmm. and then I was like you know what I want to work in higher education like I want to work in college and I was like I don't know how the heck I'm going to start working with college kids because I have absolutely no experience with college kids all I have experience with is kids like Mm -hmm. um, elementary through high school so but I also then realized like Okay, all of your opportunity, Anthony, like your opportunities in LA. And like you've always talked so much about how like LA was so fun mm. and like you, you know, really enjoyed it. I was like, you know what? Like I got, I got to go. Like I mentioned in the first segment, like I was like, I got to go. And so I just started to apply to jobs in LA. And I was like, you know, and honestly, it took a long time. It took over a year for me to find my job. And then mm. even then, when I started, when I found the job, it was like a random ass <laughs> job working for like a high school online. Old? Like, Catapult Academy or something. It was so weird. They were, like, established in the East Coast, but not in L.A., so they were trying to come to L.A., but they totally screwed it up. Like, the people that were helping them get the buildings and stuff, like, screwed, like, did not do a good job. So they they still ended up, here in L.A.? No, I think they're just in the East Coast.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I don't know if they ever came up. back.
1: But that was, like, by LAX?
0: Oh, my gosh. It was in Inglewood. So I used to commute from the IE to Inglewood. I used to have to drive two and a half hours one way. So every day I drove five hours. And I drove over 120 miles. How I rem- long
1: were you making that commute? I forget.
0: From, like, August to November. To the very beginning of November. Oh, it was just two months. Yeah, but or three months. But it felt like the the longest. It was, like, the worst. Like, I remember this one week, my there were, I was having trouble with my tires. Like, I kept on getting, like, um, nails in my tires because I was, like, driving so far. Like, my dad woke me up one morning. He's like, hey, you have a nail in your tire. Like, you can't go to work. It was, like, four... 4 3.30 in the morning when he woke me up, and I was like, what the heck am I going to do? So he's like, you can borrow my car. So thankfully, he let me borrow his car, but, like, I don't know, man. You get sucked. off at 5, right? Yeah, and then I was in traffic, and I wouldn't get and home wouldn't... till 7.30. Yeah. And remember I remember I would just come home, literally eat, dinner, shower, and I would, like, I was so tired. I had to go to bed, and then I had to wake up at, like, 4.35 in the morning. I had to be out of my house by, like, 5.30 or 6.00. Like, if you leave five minutes or ten minutes later, like, you're fucked. Like, you won't get to, to work on time. It was crazy. I hated it.
1: So then that's when you were like, well, I don't want to live night. Like, I want to work closer well, to work. Well, or that's Live what, closer to work.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I was applying to jobs in L.A. Because I was always a plan. I was like, oh, find a job on Al- in L.A., save money, get paid good, money. good, save some money, and then move out there. So I did that, and then so that so the company was like not doing good but I was like whatever I just want to get my my ass to LA and then once I got here like once I get here I'll figure it out but they also paid me really good um and then I moved here the like the first or like the second week of November we moved to LA and then by right before Christmas in December I got laid off I got laid off and it was like I was barely here one month How the heck am I going to pay for my rent?
1: Yeah, you just signed a lease.
0: I literally just signed a one-year lease. Like, how the heck? I was like, I'm going to find a job by... So this is December.
1: Were they going to give you Unemployment?
0: They were, and I think I started to get unemployment, but then I found a job.
1: But they didn't. So like, they
0: actually paid me out until the end of December.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. they gave you like some type like a of severance severance pay.
0: Yeah, they gave they paid me out till the end of December, and I had money saved because they like they paid me good. So I had some money saved, and I was like, whatever, I'm just I'm so gonna." So you were
1: good for, like, the first two months? I, yeah, I
0: was like, I have two months, enough, two, enough for two months, and I got to eat Top Ramen. Um, But af- beyond that, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember this. It sucked. But I was like, you know, I'm going to find a job. I, t- I made myself the promise, and I just, like, manifested it, honestly. I just saw, I just saw it. I was like, by by February... I will be employed and I that's all I did every single day I would just apply for jobs and do, I don't even know what the heck I would apply for sometimes but I was on indeed and I was just looking for anything in higher education and like I said I didn't have any experience working just in higher that education one job
1: for that three months though. yeah
0: but they were high school
1: oh I thought it was college no it was high I school I thought you was higher education
0: Mm-mm, so I still wasn't but it was just like my ticket to get out here so after that, like, I was just applying and applying, and, like, I, like I'm telling you, I don't even know what I applied to. I, I ended up going to this interview at this, like, um, like this kid acting school, and I remember going and being like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want to do this. It's like selling your soul. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so sus, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And it was literally around the corner from our apartment, too. Oh, really? Right there those studios where they do the um, next to Chipotle and um, Starbucks off six.
1: Yeah, that's where they filmed like the OJ trial. Yeah, the off
0: pixel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was where the offices were. Oh, okay. But I, was, I remember they were like, oh, like they liked me and because I, I had an interview with them. And they were like, oh, come back on like next week. And I, I was like, oh, I don't want to I don't really feel good about this, but like I need a job. And I remember getting in my car and I had a missed call and a message and I had a missed call from Pacific Oaks college which is this um non-profit private school in pasadena and i always like dreamt about working in pasadena because i always thought like pasadena is so beautiful and i remember uh, like the lady she was like the hr lady and she like left me a message and she's like hey this is um so-and-so from pacific oaks like we just wanted to give you a call um you applied for this admissions counselor position and we wanted to interview you Blah 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 and i was like oh my gosh like Mm. that's amazing like this would be amazing. I had an interview. um, And the person that interviewed me, he was pretty cool, man. He was just like, you know what, like, you have a good personality. And I feel like you know how to connect with people like, you know, people. And I'm like, yeah, I just try to keep it real. And he's like, yeah, and I feel like that's what you need in this job. Mm -hmm. And the funny part about that position was like, I was an admissions counselor for the online program, but the online program that had credentials. So when I was trying to become a teacher, like teachers in California have to get something called a credential. Mm -hmm. And so I was knowledgeable in that way because I can connect to people that want to get a credential because I went kind of down the same path and I was passionate about the same thing. And he was like, I see that connection. And the other part of that is like, we had, um, a bachelor's in early childhood development, which is another thing that was a connection with me. It's like, oh, you already worked with kids, so you can connect with these people easily because you actually had the experience of working with kids. Mm-hmm. These people are already working with kids or would like to work with you kids. You connect with so, these people. Exactly. So he was he saw something in me, and he's like, you know what? I think this might work. So yeah, so it was just like, okay, like this works. like This kind of makes a connection. But on paper, my resume didn't look good because I didn't have any absolutely any experience working with college students especially the type of students that go to um to pacific oaks people that go to pacific oaks are people that are like too busy to go to school like they have a family they like they ca- they can't quit their job they have to do it like can't
1: on- go to campus and like let live a co- college lifestyle yeah or you
0: go <laughs> like you always they always have like evening classes or weekend classes because like you you have to work so that's the type of person so like that's that was another disadvantage was like i'm young and like i don't have a family like i'm not that's not my life but there was still like that connection of like the programs that we had and the what i had already done like it was easy to connect so um I, i ended up getting that job and I just loved that job in the beginning. It was so fun connecting with people. Like, my team was so cool. Like, I met Shayna there. I met Noemi there. I met um, Natalia there. This is the first job that everybody welcomed me and made me feel really good. Like, all the girls were always just willing and, like, they were super cool. We all became really good friends. And that was fun. And so we had a great time. And then once you've been working at Pacific Oaks for six months, you can take advantage of their tuition benefit. Which is like you get to go to school for basically free, like you just have mm-hmm. to pay for you just have to pay for your like your tuition fees. I was like, dude, okay, but I didn't really know what program I wanted to go into. I ended up going into it and I started my program with them during the same time is when women's wave started popping off and that's when we started to do that and through women's wave i got to kind of explore my voice and like connect with other women and it was just like a really cool time in my life but it's crazy because you think about it like starting from the warehouse working in education k through 12 then pushing really hard to get it to higher ed like what i really want to point and what i was talking to anthony about before this is like every single thing that i did and i think most people do like you take something from that that career that job and you bring it in to the next career and that the next job. So working with kids was perfect for me because now I'm, you know, at that moment I was um talking about programs with working with kids. That was a connection. Mm-hmm. Women's Wave now like that was like a, an opportunity for me to connect with other women in the community and um talk about our experiences and that was also you know, really important because without Women's Wave, growth nostalgia would have never existed. Yeah, that's what I was
1: going to say. Like, Women's Wave really it
0: was the, laid like, the
1: pavement down for, like, mm-hmm. what you're doing now. So
0: It's the foundation. It all just, like,
1: came came around. Yeah. Like, I feel like you manifested a lot of things for, like, just having an idea of, like, what you wanted to do with a career. But, like, you didn't have, like, the right paperwork or, like, anything yeah, you know, like you just like went, like you just shot your shot, and it like worked. You're like, oh, sick! You're like
0: that's true. I did, but it wasn't easy. Yeah, it wasn't. It sucked, doesn't happen
1: overnight, like you said. You were applying so for a year
0: dude it took so long and it was super like you feel hopeless sometimes because you're like how am i ever gonna find something it's just it's crazy but
1: but imagine like you said it took 12 months to find the job like Mm-mm. imagine like month five or month seven like you gave up
0: yeah then like, that you never, never know
1: when like that yeah. blessing around the corner is gonna pop out like you just can't stop giving up i feel like you you re- end up reaching what you
0: want i agree it's hard, though, to continue to have that hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the hardest things, especially after I lost my job. Like, dude, what do I do now?
1: You feel like it's like, yo, this isn't meant for you. Yeah. You but know, you could have took that L and then, like, just got your stuff, broke your lease, went home.
0: <laughs> you know, though, like, my my mom was so worried. And she was like, oh, do you want to come home? I'm like, how oh, no, am I ain't coming home? I mean, you could have seen it one way, like, oh, this wasn't meant for you. But for me, I never felt like these things weren't meant for me. Like, I feel like, you know. For me, I didn't feel like it wasn't meant for me that i that I was gonna be here. like I always felt like I was supposed to do more. I just really felt like God or the universe were really testing me like how bad do you really want this? and I really wanted it so much so that I took that year to find this job. And then still got laid off and then ended up at Pacific Oaks. Picked yourself back up. I was just like, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to go back home. And, and, you know, like I need something more. Like I need to be fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. I was 100% fulfilled at that moment at Pacific Oaks and through Women's Wave. And
1: that was amazing. Things were like good.
0: Things were super good. And going to school, feeling like, you know, being busy. Like I was talking about um, this with Erica the other day. It's so funny. When you're like super busy, you feel good about yourself like Mm. i was going to school i was in women's wave i was um working at pacific oaks full-time like i was so busy but it felt so good because i thought
1: your mind was like exercising like yeah that's good but
0: you feel accomplished like you feel like fuck like every day counts like every day that i'm doing like every day that i'm doing this homework it counts exactly like it felt so good and it's funny because when you don't have anything to do it makes you feel worse and you want to do like even you don't even want to do the basic things it's like so funny it's like opposite but anyway from there um pacific oak started to kind of change people started to leave and they started to kind of make it like a for-profit school so for-profit colleges are really like cutthroat like if you're a counselor and somebody like ends up talking to your student and like takes your student people like fight about it because like Mm -hmm. people People get credit for it and like you can get raises and yeah. And then they wanted to start uh, monitoring our calls and I was like, I'm not about that life. Like, What helped me and what worked for me always in working in higher ed was being real, like always thinking about the student as if I was a student. Like I'm like, look at yeah, this doesn't benefit you. Like this is this is the real, and this doesn't benefit you. You can't
1: use the same template for every single person you talk to. No,
0: but also <laughs> like you also have to think about their life and like what is right for them and what isn't right for them. And like they push people to go to school, and these schools are like for-profit schools are expensive. There are thousands and thousands of dollars, and people get into debt. For these schools, and I don't, I, morally, I couldn't live with myself doing that to people. Like, I was like, nah, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, mm. like, tell me about your past. Tell me what you've done. Like, tell me how many units you have from like college. Like, for you or this like, for you. you know what? This is perfect for you you know what? Like, you should really consider this. Like, I know like, that this is this harder, life. but this is going to be more expensive. Like, the time right? <laughs> okay, drink. But yeah, so it was, like, all about being real. So when they were like, oh, we're going to monitor your calls, I was like, nah, because they're not going to like me keeping it real with them because they're going to be like no like
1: they'll fire you like
0: (laughs) don't do that like you just need to get them in the program because we just need every student but it's like that's not cool to just push people into programs like that's messed up so i was like i'm good and at that time my boss that had the one that had hired me ron he actually um was working at usc and he was like hey whenever there's a position i'll hit you up and i was Mm -hmm. like okay cool and it just so happens that around the same time that position had opened up but I was also kind of like over doing admission counseling. But I was just like, whatever. Like, I I can't be at Pacific Oaks anymore. I got a dip. So USC, I interviewed like and USC. It's like that name on your like resume. Nike. It 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 can get me places in in the future. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm down with it. Uh, Plus, I honestly like I never envisioned myself working at a university like USC. Like, I still feel sometimes like, didn't what the s- heck? Did
1: you say you went there as a kid?
0: Yeah, when I was uh, in eighth grade, I was an avid. And we took, like, a trip to different colleges. And I think the only one that I really went to was USC. That's a trip, dude. I never, as a kid, was like, oh, I'm going to come here. Like, I never thought I would lay a a foot there.
1: And then you ended up working there. It's so
0: surreal. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I interviewed at USC. The team liked me. Like, I knew what I was doing because I loved my job at Pacific Oaks in the beginning. Like, I really enjoyed it. And so I, I was good and like I got hired. But at the end of the day, like I also kind of felt like I wasn't really f- fulfilled by it anymore. Like I said, once I've taken everything that I can and I've learned everything that I can from a position, I'm over it. So that's why I am where I am right now in my position, because I'm just like, dude, I've done it. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm ready to find something else. But working in social work, um, school social work was, has been so much fun we get to travel for recruitment season, which is something that I didn't get to do at Pacific Oaks, which is amazing. And so that's always a perk and you've been able to come on some trips with me. So Mm -hmm. that's been so much fun. And then from there, you know, because I have been feeling unfulfilled at at USC, um, but I'm not ready to go because I, I need to, I need to figure out what I want to do. And I really haven't figured it out. Um, and also we're getting married. So I, i can't just dip in the middle of everything while we're like i need this security and flexibility before you know going into a new position can you imagine going into a new position and trying to plan this wedding like i'm gonna have no time mm-hmm. like you have to be 100 100 percent committed to the new position from not feeling fulfilled that's how growth nostalgia came about because with women's wave it's not like it ended it was just like everybody was just doing their own thing and was busy and it and it, that's just what happened so but I just still had that itch I was like you know what I want to do something like this I feel like connecting with people and like I love talking to people and love to hear their stories and I just love that part of life is that connection and and making people understand and see that we're all the same and we've all been through some crappy situations and look at us now, right? That's why growth nostalgia came into play. But it's funny because with growth nostalgia, I bring in all those experiences. Like I think about education and how education is so essential. Like kids with autism and kids with disabilities are, when I think about the future and like, yo, one day I'm gonna be rich and I'm gonna have a scholarship or I'm gonna do something. Like I always think about that population or I always think about immigrants, right? Like the people that have touched you, right? So, you know all of these things have shaped me into the person I've become today mm-hmm. and and that's how I've gotten to growth with nostalgia and you know what I would love like let, let's manifest like I would love to be a motivational speaker one day or I would love to have my own like real big platform to talk to people and to connect with people and like talk mm-hmm. about their stories like I would love to meet Oprah like You know, we've been going to church a lot and we keep talking about the theme, anything is possible. And like, like, look at all the crap that's already happened. So it's like, that's what I want for my future. And I feel like growth nostalgia is like my resume to get there and interviewing people is my way to build. And through every interview and every connection and every time that someone out there listens to people's stories and feels inspired, those are all like how i'm gonna get there i'm just trying to pave my own way just like i always have like Mm -hmm. like i didn't have that higher ed experience i I don't i didn't have any radio experience but like yo i'm just trying to learn i'm trying to take it all in i'm trying to pave the way so
1: yeah you're just working with the tools that you got and just striving
0: yeah that's what i'm doing so that's my career path now y'all know how i got here and you know, it wasn't easy. It was hard sometimes, but you know, you're passionate about something and something's for you. It's for you, mm-hmm. but that's my story. So what about you? What about you, Amf? Um, Talk about your career path, how you got to where you got.
1: Yeah. I just want to say thanks for having me again. I know you haven't, <laughs> you've been traveling and you haven't really had anyone um, like time to set up like any interviews or anything. So we just like did like this back to back episode six to this episode, but I like how, You did some pre-production with your next guest (laughs) last night.
0: I know. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, that was funny. It was a good compromise.
0: Um, (laughs) Oh, was it a compromise?
1: Remember, he was like, if you come out with us after the bar, then I'll do it.
0: Basically, we told one of the guests, um, because he was like, come hang out after. And I was like, nah, I want to go to bed. He's like, come on, compromise with me. And I was like, all right, if you do my show, I'll go out. He's like, oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: then we're out till four in the morning.
0: And that's why I don't compromise.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that was funny. Um, no, but for career-wise, it was just basically, like, if you heard my the episode that Yesenia did with me, it was episode two, mm-hmm. which where I basically talk about my entire life. To break it down more, like, just, like, as a career, like, not, like, long story short, um, yeah, growing up skateboarding, obviously. Just skateboarding in general, uh, other than, like, the friendships that you make and, everything that comes with it, it obviously, it could get you into a point of, like, learning new things. Mm -hmm. Like, my friend Dennis is, like, a really amazing filmer. Mm -hmm. Like, and he got that through skateboarding. Or I have amazing uh, friends that are photographers. And, like, they, you, you pick up your mom's camera. Like, you know, and then you take pictures and then, like, you just have an eye for it. And then now, like, you're a really well-known, like, photographer. And, like, I feel like careers (coughs) could definitely come, stem from skateboarding just because of It's such like we said before, too, it's like such a DIY like sport, you know, like there's no coach. There's no team. It's just you and your friends. And Mm -hmm. like now, obviously, when we're growing up the Internet, so it's kind of you just being creative. It's just you taking photos and filming and doing all this stuff. So obviously, I'm not a photographer or videographer or anything like that. But I'm just saying like that does stem from that. Yeah. So for me, though, I feel that. It wasn't the photography, the VR, everything. I, like I saw it happen with my friends, but I think for me it was more like falling into like the clothing line with like working with the Quiet Life through Daniel and meeting Andy Mueller and just him being like a big mentor for me. Like that was huge because it was basically opening the door to something that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in high school like oh one day I want to work for the hundreds or you like, never thought about videos. clothing. Yeah, I didn't ever think about clothing. It was just like strictly skateboarding. So. Meeting Andy Mueller and being under his wing and just seeing, like, how creative he is and, like, how cool it is to, like, actually work in apparel. I kind of fell in love with that. So that did come from skateboarding. So that started with just a small job right out of high school after all of, like, the the dumb, like, warehouse jobs that you get. Mm -hmm. um, Working for Quiet Life, like, making that Mm -hmm. commute to L.A., you know, working with Joey Coleman at OK Skate and Rancho. And I had my internship at DBS (coughs) Working under the marketing manager Jim Leatherman at the time, and this was all in this all 2010, yeah. So yeah, working at DBS was cool too. I was like an intern. I didn't get paid, but uh, they would just give me free product, and it was just like looked good on my resume. Like,
0: what was your like your job there? Like, what'd you do?
1: So it was like super simple. Like basically, Jim Leatherman was the marketing director and if agenda was coming up which is like a popular trade show dvs just partnered up with like so like diamond wanted to make their like first like line of footwear they partnered up with a podium distribution that i was working under they were doing a booth at at agenda we went to home depot and like just bought like a wheelbarrow we basically like painted it all white and like made their booth at agenda look like their fairfax store Mm. so it's kind of like just like getting your hands dirty like being creative like just working with, like, marketing tools and stuff like that.
0: Different projects and stuff? Yeah,
1: like, different projects. And then one day, like, it's like, oh, like, the people that work at Staple Center, like, want a bunch of clothes. So you'd send it to them, and then, like, they'll send you, like, your tickets. But you were working
0: in marketing, under marketing. Under
1: marketing, yeah. yeah. So that was a fun experience working with Jim and, like, working at Podium. Like I said, just jumping into, like, right after school working at Warehouse Jobs. And then, like, now I'm working with Andy Miller at Quiet Life working with Joey Coleman he's a super rad dude so I'm working at okay skate at a dope skate shop in Rancho and then just having an internship at DVS like all in one week I'm like what the hell like this is mm-hmm. nuts so it was cool just like trying to be a sponge so that was fun from the, all those internships and like every those little small jobs that I was doing um after that I was trying to take a bigger role at Quiet Life um obviously being the team manager I got Daniel on the team and we just had a bunch of like dope riders like writing for quiet life at that time. And I was just like just dabbling into like scouting locations for photo shoots. And Mm -hmm. then like Andy will shoot the lookbook, and then I will like style the models and I'll pick the models and Mm -hmm. I'll do all of that. Like from like scheduling to like putting it on like on a calendar and like doing a lot of stuff with photo shoots, just like dabbling into like helping him with like some design stuff, you know, but yeah, well all that was going on with quiet life. Um, I had that collective with my friends that was called Bent Life. And obviously, like, we never really made money doing Mm -hmm. Bent Life, but it was, like, a full-time job for us, running a blog. Mm -hmm. Same thing, like, creating merch, you know, working with other designers, doing collaborations, Mm -hmm. like, I think our first collaboration was with our good friend Tony and Dylan. They had mm-hmm. a brand back in the day in the IE called Gauze. Mm-hmm. It's like swag backwards. <laughs> but it was dope. Like their logo was like fi- like the fish with the bones and it said Gauze and it yeah, like, that it's, was like tight. I it's like it's like that. Tony and Touch, his brother Touch and, and uh they're just so like I E like legends. They didn't have to like move to LA or anything to like become like who they are. They're like fashion people like like Bari, like he owns like V Loan and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. these fools fuck with like that, and they're from Fontana. Like that's tight. They're super legit. I
0: just remember them being super creative and different. Like yeah. I don't know. Didn't they have like a um, like a truck or, or like a van? Yeah,
1: they had a they had dude Tony's crazy dude. That'll be you would be crazy to get him on the show one day. Yeah, he had um he had his own a uh, car wash mobile service that was called Supreme.
0: <laughs> oh, so they use like the Supreme label, box but they put logo. the box yeah, labels, but, it was but like they soap did Supreme?
1: Supreme, yeah, it was like such. I like it. Yeah, he's he's a genius. So, yeah, so we did like a little like collaborations like with Tony with Gauze, and then we did this one collab with Villainy and DYNT. Do you mm-hmm. remember like Mateo? Yeah. Yeah, Mateo, Matt Berry. And Tech from Villainy. And that was just, like, a crazy concept. Like, us all three coming together to do, like, a t-shirt. And <laughs> and it's just, like, pretty much a reason to party. Yeah. So, like, if you ever heard of Bent Life or New Bent Life from back then, like, our parties were, like, lit. Like, that's what we would do. Like, we would first, like, just But go you party. guys
0: would, like, do photo shoots. Like, you guys would do merch. Like, you guys yeah, would we're put, put all your friends on.
1: Yeah, putting friends on. But, like, I feel like the party thing is, like, that's when, like, we were making some money. Like
0: And everybody got together.
1: Yeah, everyone could get together. Um we were throwing parties like at the Fox Theater in downtown Pomona. We were throwing parties in Samard no not Samardina, like in Riverside. Riverside yeah. we were just like throwing parties and that's like when <laughs> it was able for us to like make some money. Like the first time, like, okay, how many people could we get here? Like if we charge ten dollars at the door times that and then But then now you're looking like, you have to pay security guards. But then, like, if you hit over, like, a certain bar minimum, then you could get, like, 10% of the bar. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, the first time us, like, doing business and stuff. And that was, like, us working with, like, like, uh, my friend Ernie that did Oak. Mm -hmm. And then Angel worked at Diamond. Mm -hmm. So he would just bless it with, like, he'd, like, sponsor the bent life parties, like, with Diamond. And then, obviously, Quiet We used to
0: come through and leave, like, freaking, like, fresh.
1: Yeah. We would do, like, insane... We would throw parties with dope DJs but also do like an every party we did, we would do like an insane product toss. Mm-hmm. So everyone's getting like a bunch of stuff and it was just fun, like making the connections that I did with Bent Life and Just throwing those parties and just being creative, even though like that was never like a real job because like, you know, we weren't making money off of it. But it was just like real fun and to learn the marketing aspect. Like, how could I get 200 people here on a Friday night and Mm -hmm. like being successful at it Mm -hmm. and like continuing to do it, you know, like shout out to Lou and shout out to Jarrell and Brandon and everyone that was involved in Bent Life at that time. Um, It was like a really good time. So, yeah, doing that. Um, Bent Life and then uh Quiet Life, it just it's just super small. Like I've it's Andy and his wife Jennifer at that time, even though today their team is still really small. It's mm-hmm. grown a little bit, but Andy is just he wears a million hats and he mm-hmm. could just make make things happen. But at that time it was just Jennifer, me, and Andy, so there wasn't a full-time job. I wasn't getting paid this amount. I wasn't on salary. Like, it was just, like, really just, like, sticking with Quiet Life just because, like, I love them so much. And I just back the brand so much. And
0: they gave you so many opportunities. And they gave you so many
1: opportunities. So, obviously, I was going to continue doing Quiet Life forever. But I just needed to find a job. And I was lucky enough to find a job with, um, through my homie Danny, um, who now works at Supreme. He used to work at the Huff Warehouse. <laughs> And Danny, I knew him from Quiet Life because he was always at our sample sales. He was, like, such a rad skater kid from L.A., but he just lived on the same block as Andy, and he just fucked with QL super hard. Mm -hmm. But he ended up getting the job at the Huff Warehouse, and then he hit me up, like, yo, Amp, like, they're hiring at Huff Warehouse. Like, I think you should come over here and, you know, work. So, yeah, I just told him I was down, and then I started working that Monday. And that was fun. Like, this is now we're in 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is like the Huff Warehouse Boys days. Mm-hmm. Like we had our own Instagram, and it was like me, the Zach that owns FTP worked there, and me and him are still good friends. And Glenn that now runs fucking awesome with Dill and those dudes, and just everyone that is like just Nico, yeah, Nico, just oh. a, Darren, Darren, shout yeah. out to Darren. He now works for like that show nine one one that we we love. led our show. So it's like everyone that was like kind of like their their college or like
0: everybody. That's like the beginning of a lot of stuff, too. Just like how 314 was the beginning of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like that crew was like the real crew.
1: Yeah. The hub. We were deep. We were like 50, 50 deep. Oh, can't forget a Tom and and, um, uh, Jermaine and Tom worked at huff warehouse boys and they're the owners of Upmost from virginia and they um had an la flagship store and they do stuff with uh round two
0: that's crazy
1: but yeah it was fun making those connections at huff and just seeing zach like fresh out of high school and him like telling me about ftp and just like giving me product and, and i was just like yeah like this is dope like you could just tell like he was just so into it and like just so focused and just such a smart kid and now to see FTP where it is today and like mm-hmm. him being so successful and just but him still like so like genuine and like so humble like every time I'm seeing him it's like if we were just like at lunch you know it's mm-hmm. like what like I love Zach shout out to Zach shout out to FTP um but I felt like When I was at the Huff Warehouse, after a few years, close to a year, I was there, I felt like how you did. Like, I was stagnant.
0: Yeah. it's
1: like, okay, I kind of, like, learned everything that I could. Like, if I keep being at the Huff Warehouse, like, I'm just going to keep doing with these palettes and, like, dealing with this product. But, like, obviously, yeah, Huff is dope. Like, especially back then, like, Mm -hmm. when the weed socks were cracking, like... It Huff was, was everything Yeah Huff was dope I still love Shout Huff. out to Huff
0: though so Yeah We love Huff
1: Yeah shout out to Huff um, Randy's over there now And just making dope shit still so.
0: And
1: Amy Yeah Amy um, So after that I Like I said in the first podcast Damar hit me up And he's like one of my best friends And he was at Undefeated and he was like, yo, like, come over at Undefeated. He was he was also a Huff Warehouse boy, too. So, mm. like, everyone, like, kind of just, like, lingers off, but, like, still, like, puts their homies on. Yeah. So, Damar hit me up, and I had an interview with Undefeated, and I met Jay, which is still my good friend. Shout out to Jay. Um, everyone at Undefeated is amazing. I love you guys. But, uh, yeah, I started working at Undefeated, and that was cool. Like, I learned, like, way more, like, through, like, the online... In e-commerce, mm-hmm. in like customer service, and it was just like way more hands-on because like undefeated at that time, like now it's huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always been huge, but now they, they, this was their first time starting online mm. like themselves. They would always go through like a third party. Like mm-hmm. if you bought something on undefeated dot com before two thousand fourteen, like it would get shipped out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So this is the time, like okay, we're gonna cop a warehouse in-house. Yeah, it was going in-house. Yeah. So they got a warehouse, they got a team, and they built that team. And I was like one of the first people that got on board with that team. And that was just a good learning process because you're there, like, you know, like we're a close family and it was just dope learning all that. So when another opportunity came knocking on my door for another brand that I don't want to mention, but they offered me a job to make their their website and e-commerce so I was already talking about e-commerce and like looking at e-commerce and like seeing it while I was out undefeated Mm -hmm. so it wasn't something that was scary yeah you know like I kind of know how this works you know I kind of like see myself like being able to understand this Mm -hmm. so when I went to that brand and I created their e-commerce website and I was like doing all the back-end stuff and I was just by myself Mm -hmm. like doing it in an office and that was It sucked. I was just by myself. It was boring. I still lived in the IE. So, like what you said, like two hours there, two hours back. Yeah. And I left my friends, like, Mm -hmm. undefeated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, like, did I just give everything up for this? Yeah. You know, like, did I make the wrong decision? Like, should I call them back and ask for my job back? But, like, I don't wanna do that. Like, I don't wanna be that person, (laughs) you know? So that was like a confusing time in my life like mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was really doing, mm-hmm. like did I make the right decision? but at the end of the day, I knew what I was doing was important because I was learning yeah, so sh- it wasn't it, it wasn't like someone i was- i wasn't working under anyone mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I got a job and I didn't like the guy I was working under, and he just showed me how to do stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: like i think like learning and like getting like showing. you had to
0: like, figure all of that stuff mm-hmm. out like you had to build that website by yourself i remember doing you had to do the photo shoots and yeah. you had to do like the skews like the skews i think yeah i had numbers. to do
1: skews and just do all the Everything. photo shoots shout out to and ricky webb he was our model but so I was just kind of confused, like, man, like, did I really fuck that up or undefeated? Like, what could my life be if I stayed? And, but you can't think of it like that at you the can. end of the day, you know? Like, you're like, you know what? Everything's for a reason. Like, this will all come back around. And then I just made the decision that I was over it. I yeah. felt like I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. I felt like, you know, I needed something different and I just quit that job In no negotiation. I just, like, walked away from it. And that's when I was just selling clothes, like, mm-hmm. on Depop. Like, I didn't have a job. I was really unmotivated. Well,
0: you were still working working for the Quiet Life this Oh, whole yeah, time. yeah,
1: this whole time I'm working Quiet Life. But not a 40-hour salary yeah. job. But, yeah, I'm, like, selling clothes and just, like, feeling unmotivated and that's when at that time you got a job you got a job in LA and mm-hmm. then that's when we moved to LA mm-hmm. and that's when the quiet life store opened on, yeah. on Highland Park so then things like picked back up again yeah. it's like okay now quiet life is like a like an actual physical store you know it's a living and breathing and it's like becoming like more cracking So that was, like, dope. Like, okay, damn, we moved to L.A. and Quiet Life's here now. And, like, now I'm working more at Quiet Life. And it's all—now Quiet Life's paying my bills. Yeah. So that was dope. And then it just wasn't full, full full-time. Like, obviously, yeah, I was paying my bills. But, like, you know, I needed something more stable. Well,
0: now we were paying rent.
1: Yeah, you're paying rent. Like, you're not, like, at your mom's house. So that's what I just went on Craigslist and— I just found a job for marketing, and it was for this company called Mira. Mm -hmm. And it was in downtown at this, like, really cool apartment complex um, called the 1010. Mm -hmm. They film, like, a lot of movies and commercials there. It's, like, a really dope rooftop, like, pool, bar. Like, it's really cool. But Arthur and Ron, that owned Mira, gave me an opportunity to work there. And they're super cool dudes. It was funny because I was 25 years old. At the time when I got a job there, and my boss, the owner of the company, was 23. Arthur was younger. I'm like, you're my boss, and you're the owner, and you're two years younger than me? These dudes are, like, the smartest people you'll ever meet. Super successful, super humble, super loving. Like, shout out to um, Arthur and Ron and Mira and what they're still doing today. But while I was there, same thing, like man, like, I'm kind of stepping away from streetwear. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this online advertising with Facebook with these dudes who were super rad, don't get me wrong, and I just met one of my best friends, Alex, that mm-hmm. owns Bueno there. But yeah, it was me and Alex just working there, and I kind of just, like, was getting that itch to get back into streetwear. Like, obviously, you heard my story, like, that where from skateboarding to streetwear, and, like, you know, going through all those companies and learning all these things and going through all these curves, but I still wanted to go back. And I used to, in 2011, help my friend Ryan that owned Rip and Dip Mm -hmm. in his apartment box up online orders before, Mm -hmm. like, he had anything cracking. So I always knew Ryan. We would always, like, kept in touch. He would always invite us to all his parties. And he's just so humble and so rad. And I was like, man, like, that would be dope to work with Ryan again. Mm -hmm. Like, I kept seeing him, like, Mm -hmm. around. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I shouldn't be scared to ask him. Like, you know, like, that's your friend. Well,
0: can we talk about what happened at Mira?
1: Oh, yeah. I ended up getting, losing my job. Yeah. So, yeah, I did lose my job. The company wasn't doing too great. So, me and Alex got laid off the same day. Um, It was, like, two days before Christmas. Mm So th- that was funny because me and Alex were like sitting next, we sat next to each other at desk and Ron and Arthur, our bosses were upstairs. They had the upstairs office and we were downstairs in the cubicles. <laughs> it was funny that day, me and Alex are like, yo, like go ask him if we could leave early oh, and like, God. cause we wanted like the three day weekend for yeah, like Christmas was, yeah. and then we come back from lunch. Like you're fired. We're like, Oh, we get out early. Like, <laughs> we just get more than a three-day weekend and we're like, don't have a job.
0: <laughs> but you know what I remember that time? Um, you were starting to itch for it, like you said, getting back into streetwear. And you were kind of getting unhappy. And I remember telling you, like, you've got you to gotta look into something. Like, I don't think this is what you need to be doing anymore. But, like, you just probably mentally weren't ready yet to to look or to get back into it because it's like a whole thing and so you kind of were like avoiding it mm. and then you got like laid off it's you got a laid off you didn't yeah, get fired yeah you, I got, you didn't do got anything laid off. bad but you guys got laid off because the company wasn't doing well and that was like a reality check and you were you did not take it well
1: yeah i was really stressed out like who, i mean because you have to pay rent be hyped? yeah especially
0: christmas family like gifts rent like no matter what like you life still goes on
1: yeah, so that was stressful for sure. Um, but like I said, I hit up Ryan and I was like, "Yo, yeah, like that was dope when we used to work together." And he was like, "Yeah, come in for, come in and talk to me." So I went to his office and I talked to him, and he was like, well, "What do you want to do for ripping it?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what I want to do." Like, yeah. he's like, "Well, figure it out and like let me know what you want to do." <laughs> so I was like, "All right, I'll hit you up." And a week went by, and he didn't even wait for me to hit him up. He just hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, man, like." How about you just come in and work for me and you could just do customer service. Like, I don't know. Like you get paid this much and this is when you could start. And I was like, I'm down. Like, you know, I'm gonna jump to the opportunity. Um, so then I got into Rip and Dip and I was starting to do customer service, but it just wasn't like working out. Like like it was just like he was like, Man, like the guy that was teaching me, like kinda like Dude, like, I'm just, it's just going to be more confusing if, like, I teach you and things are going to get backed up. Like, I don't know. Like, it just wasn't really working. Yeah. And then the dude, Jack, that has done sales for Rip and Dip since day one, he was just like, well, you're already here. Like, why don't you just do sales? Like, be my assistant. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, all right. But I never done sales before. Like, yeah. I've known a million sales reps <laughs> my entire life, but I've never done it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was like, yeah, like, I'll just teach you the rope. So then I started doing sales for Rip and Dip.
0: That's crazy.
1: So, yeah, it's dope. Like, something that I never thought that I would ever be doing. Um, but I love it. It's really cool. Um, just never paid attention. I wish I would have paid attention in computer class because, like, all you do is Excel. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I was a master at Excel, like, right now, like, I'm getting better. But... yeah. You know, like little things like that in school, like dang or like Photoshop or like just things like that. You're just like, man, like I really like wish I would have paid more attention in school because yeah. you don't want to like have to like learn those things later on. But it's obviously when you have to. Yeah. But yeah, just doing sales, like dealing with math. Like that wasn't my favorite subject in high school. But like now all I do is math at work. So it's just funny. Like those little things you are just like, dang, like you just got to be like confident, you know.
0: It's crazy because I feel like you've done everything in clothing like you've had a hand in every single type of position in clothing you did a, you did a warehouse mm. like you you understood how to manage the online you did like marketing you did photo shoots you know like what people are looking for you have an eye for the photography too like if you needed to if worse came to worst you could like do the photo shoot yourself Mm-hmm. if you had a professional camera
1: it's cool it's just like you know wear every hat like you don't like don't you're not gonna be good at everything yeah. but it's like as long as like you could understand yeah you know it's like oh uh, i could understand it but i don't know how to physically do it so like going back to like what i was saying like when i got that job um for that brand and like made that website I was just, like, really bummed out with myself on the decision that I made. But when it came back around, when I started working at Rip and Dip, I just got really inspired just by being around Ryan and just seeing, like, how he is and, like, how he, he is with Rip and Dip and, like, just how creative he is. I got a spark working at Rip and Dip to, like, start my own thing called 314. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, that would be so <laughs> dope to not make a brand, but, like, just make – something for my friends and for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. for the apartment that we used to live in in LA when I started at Quiet Life and Daniel and Justin and Chris and all of us that were out there like Vinny and it would just be dope to do something, you know? And, yeah. you know, like, at this time, I've been working in clothes for nine years. I'm like, dude, like, I have the resources. Like, yeah. my good well. friend, Tech, like, owns his own production company. Mm-hmm. Like, all my homies are, like, graphic designers and photographers. And
0: that's crazy. I was just
1: like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, I just need to do this. Like, I remember <laughs> sitting at you, uh, like, sitting with you at Mario's in Riverside. And I was just telling you, like, I have an idea. And, like, I kind of want to do this. And you're like, yeah, you should do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I hit up the um the art director at Rip and Dip at the time and I just asked him to make me a logo like I paid him and he made me a logo and Miami Tech made the shirts and then I made the Instagram and when I was working at that brand I made their website so I already knew how to make mm-hmm. a website mm-hmm. so I was like went to Shopify mm-hmm. I knew I made my website like in a day because I already knew what I was doing mm-hmm. Um, I got, I got other tips on any other things that I needed help with. And then I launched 314 two years ago. That's That's crazy. crazy. So I launched 314, um, just as one shirt. Like I used to party at 314 and all I got was a shitty t-shirt. And that was basically just like an exclusive colorway for all of my friends that partied there at that time, like Jasper, Arrow, Speak, um, Corey, and just all the boys. So they all got a shirt. And then I made another colorway and that was on sale and Mm -hmm. then that sold out. And then I made some tote bags and some shirts and it just continued to like, just like how you said, like you want to be busy. Like, I don't want to just work at Rip and Dip. Like I love Rip and Dip. I love my team. I love my, like what I'm doing. Um, but I don't want it just that to be my 40 hours. Yeah. You know, like I want to do something else, like help you with growth. nostalgia. Yeah. Like even to help you with growth nostalgia, Or, like, even, like, do 314 on the side and, like, whatever comes my way. Like, I just want to be busy. Like, obviously, like, not be a workaholic and, like, not have time for your family and friends. But Mm -hmm. just to, like, be busy, be creative. Be
0: productive.
1: And I think one thing, too, was, like, just being not insecure, but being scared of what people were going to think. Like, man, like, I don't want to do this thing at 314 and people are going to be like, that logo's whack. Like, your concept's whack. Like, your shit's whack. Mm -hmm. I'm like fuck that would suck but who get but now i don't care though like so i'm just doing it and it's for me and it's for my friends like it's not for like everybody you know it's cool just to like the experience that i've been through and the things that i've done to get to my career path now yeah is like helping me with my own things Mm -hmm. and helping other people that have questions Mm -hmm. like someone will dm me like hey like i'm i have an idea like how could i like execute this i'm like all right well like what are you working with now okay mm-hmm. like so then you need help here so it's kind of like just helping others and helping you and just like helping my friends and family just with anything that they want to get like ideas off or like start something or just yeah. you know I'm just you like, have a
0: lot of um experience with different things so you have a lot of information and tips to give yeah. you know to so, give people like to guide people
1: yeah so the same thing it's like when like you went to USC when you were in the eighth grade, like, you never thought you had worked there. Mm-mm. You know, like, I probably saw, like, ads in skateboards and skateboards and all this stuff that Andy Mueller created his entire life, and I never thought I would work for him. You know, just, like, so it's just, like, a trip, like, looking back, and you're, like, dang, like, that's how, like, my career path, like, started, like, from skateboarding, and yours, like, started, like, from, like, being into ed- education. So it's mm-hmm. basically, it's, like, you know, if you see something that you like, like, stick with it. Because what if I wasn't satisfied with the apparel or, like, with, like, streetwear or skateboarding when I was 21?
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: was like, man, I'm 21. I should be making this much. And I stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I went somewhere else. It's like, things take time.
0: Yeah. You no, know? Nothing's like, overnight.
1: Nothing's overnight. Like, things could take years. Yeah. And it's just as long. It just, it just goes back to, like, how bad do you want it? So that's my career that's what I do. I do sales for rip and dip. I have my own thing called, um, 314. Um, I just try to help everybody out that's around me. And, um, I'm just proud of all my friends and all of my family. That's just like killing it out here. Um,
0: but what's next for you? What do you, what would you ideally want to do or what are your dreams or what are your goals or?
1: I don't know what's next for me in the future. I I kind of like maybe in the future, not working clothing, Maybe just like dabble in something else, something new, maybe like something that has to do in the music industry or something to learn again.
0: I mean, you're definitely a creative and you're definitely somebody who can learn a lot. Like as you go, you you always figure things out. I think sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, I'm excited where I'm at and shout out to Ryan and Andy and everybody that's helped me along the way
0: yeah so those are our career stories anthony thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. your career story and showing us the way that you navigated or you know talking about the way you navigated uh your way through all the way up to rip and dip and doing sales and how that happened i know that's definitely not something that you even thought was going to happen just like me i didn't know i was going to end up at usc just like you said and so it's interesting everybody's story about how they got to where they got is always just different and and everybody takes a different route but Mm um it's always cool to hear how people got there but yeah i hope you guys all feel like you learned a little bit more about us and understand us a little bit better it's uh if you guys want to share your stories about how you got to your career yeah damn us hit us sir um let's jump into segment number three we have a few questions in regards to career uh what so during the segment, we just um, answered some listener questions, and so a few of the questions that came in um, were amazing. Thank you so much for sending them in. Definitely. So the first question is, who were your mentors or who did you look up to? Um, honestly, growing up, I I remember my dad was like a big, um, like he was like my idol. Like he was just like, this man's an immigrant was an immigrant. He came from nothing. He didn't have anything, and look at look at his life, like. I cannot believe like my dad came here with nothing and now he owns a house like and him and my mom are here together and like they have us. So my dad was probably like my first like person that I looked up to. And then um beyond that as I got older, then I looked up to Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z was just like the same thing is just like dang like look at where Jay-Z came from. Like he came from the hood. His dad like left him and his family like you know, he went through a lot and like now he's like chilling with oprah like when blueprint came out blueprint 3 came out he was like interviewing he was getting interviewed by oprah and like he was just killing it and like it was like his life was just crazy you go from nothing you sell drugs and then you you know work on work on becoming a rapper and being the best and he committed to that and then he became jay-z and now he's like everybody feels like they they give everybody gives jay-z the respect that he deserves which he deserves it um somebody else that was like somebody that I looked up to was like Oprah like now it's like Oprah Oprah's like so motivating to me she's like she's like goals like she's just above so much and I love that about her you know she she's just like really just trying to be at peace and be happy and finding meaning in life and that's what I'm about too and then another person that I look up to is uh Lucy who's gonna be my future sister-in-law she's just somebody who's amazing. And, um, I just feel like I can identify her and I could identify with her in a lot of ways. Like, um, we kind of come from a similar background and we both are here in relationships with, um, sibling brothers. <laughs> so we definitely connect and, and we're, you know, she's there for me in a lot of ways. So I think that's amazing. So I definitely look up to her and She has so much faith and she has so much patience and love and, like, that's what I want to be. And so those are a few people that I, that are, like, mentors or people that I look up to.
1: Yeah, I think, like, my early mentor was my brother. Yeah. Like, he was in the Army and, you know, he's a police officer and he's just, like, a great overall human being. And uh, Andy Mueller, obviously, you've heard this name a million times out of my mouth. But, yeah, Andy is someone I look up to. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a boss. He kills it everything he does. He's a good father, a good husband, and just an all-around good person, a good listener. And, you know, always gives the greatest advice. And, uh, yeah, I really uh, look up to those two people.
0: Cool. Let's go on to the next question. The question is, what sacrifices did you have to make for your career? I mean, I guess one sacrifice is, like, leaving home. Like, being somewhere where you're now you're being uncomfortable. Like I wanted to leave, but that was still sacrifice. Like I am not like when I go out on the weekends in LA. It's not like all my homegirls are here. I don't get to kick it with all my girls. Like sometimes I'll get to I get, I'll get to hang out with one homegirl because I only have like two or two or three people that I can hit up in LA that are my homegirls that I can kick it with. Other than that, everybody's in the IE and that sucks. Like I had to sacrifice my friendships.
1: Yeah, selling my car and having to take a Uber every day. I'm just kidding That's not a
0: sacrifice Parking sucks though No that is a sacrifice
1: Okay, there, That is my sacrifice Selling my uh, Jetta And I take uh, 50 Ubers A month
0: You can buy me You can buy me a lot of gifts With that money I know (laughs) I mean time with my family Is a sacrifice Being away from my family It's hard Like I wish I had more time With them today I went to dinner For me and you Me and Anthony Went to dinner For my brother's birthday We met up with my parents Halfway And we didn't even get To spend that much time I feel And like That's a sacrifice come back here And pod we had to come back here and pod but yeah like that's the sacrifice like you don't get that same time mm-hmm. that you would have gotten like you're just getting home from work and you get to talk you know before you go to bed and you have a conversation or on the weekend you get to chill if you want so that sucks i sacrificed family family time
1: mm-hmm.
0: next question is how to change careers like how do you change careers i think like this is a loaded question there's so many ways you can go but i think like what we've talked about is it's diy it's like if you want to do something, you have to learn how to do it yourself. I never did radio before Women's Wave. So that was like something that helped me learn. And then now doing growth Nostalgia and doing everything on my own. So I like record on my own. I have all my own equipment. I edit all by myself. I do all production. Everything is me. Um, So that's DIY. That's me learning how to do every single aspect of my of what I want to do and which is like talk and interview people and hear people's stories and share that and inspire and so I feel like changing your career the way to change it is by volunteering your time to do that on the side Mm -hmm. while you're working a full-time job
1: (laughs) yeah that's good advice volunteering and having that side hustle could be like a transition to what uh, what you want to do as like a different career and I think just having the right mentors and the right people to follow like Mm -hmm. following other people's footsteps Mm -hmm. like you know, if you're going to, like, unfamiliar territory of, like, something that you're really not into, like, make sure that, like, you have somebody that could, like, show you the way mm-hmm. or, like, guide you. You, yeah, can hit if you have questions. Yeah, you have questions, you know. Like, you don't want to dive straight into the deep end. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to walk before you run. So, yeah. definitely, like, yeah, just...
0: Be another open. part another part of changing careers is like you have to realize you're not gonna sometimes it's not gonna happen overnight like well most of the time it's not gonna happen overnight and you have to be willing not to get paid for what you're doing like literally everything that i do for growth nostalgia and pretty much what you do for 314 yeah. is free because 314 ends up breaking off even i feel mm. and then growth nostalgia like literally like i'm not getting paid for any of this and i mean of course like that's the goal the goal is for one day to be paid to do what i love and That's, that's my life's goal is to be able to do what I love every day and not feel like I have to go to work every day, which brings me to the next question is how do you find a way to get paid for what you love?
1: I think to find a way to get paid to do what you love is just keep following that path. Yeah. And you would eventually get there. Like, you know, like you're not going to buy, you're not going to start a business today and buy a house by Christmas.
0: It takes a lot of time and effort. And then once you get there, you get there. Another the final one is like how do you set goals and so I mean one thing that we started doing this year is we bought a whiteboard and we put it um, in our in our living room space area I don't know we live in a studio we live in a box so we, whatever in the corner in the corner of our room
1: <laughs> yeah that's a living room and then our living room has a space area <laughs> shut up and then that's where we keep all our goals in the space area but anyway of our living
0: room. every month we set goals for the month
1: yes buy a whiteboard
0: that well that's one way see one thing that i felt was like to set it, to set goals i feel like you need to see it every day mm-hmm. and you need to be reminded of it so you need so you can get back on track um so we use a whiteboard and we write our goals for the month every month um another way that i set goals is i made a vision board and so i think every few months is important to like put together for me I like I like that. So I put I want to put together just what I want in my life and um it's right next to me when I sleep. So when I wake up or when I like whenever I just come in I see it. My purse is right by it too. So it's like I walk to it. Um and that's a way to think about what I want in my future every single day. Um and so yeah that's another way. Um so that's pretty much segment number three. Thank you guys so much for your listener questions. We're gonna go Thanks. on to segment number four. Yo, talk that talk. Okay, so during this final segment, we talk about um, current events. And the first thing we want to talk about are the Dodgers losing to the Nationals. And they're out. They're no longer in playoffs. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, that that sucked. But everything that sucks brings great memes.
0: (laughs) I feel so bad for Kershaw. That sucks. I mean, he fucked up at the end of the day. Like, that's not only on him. I'm just pissed off because that ninth inning was their opportunity. If, man, if Will Smith would have gotten that freaking home run, we would have won.
1: Yeah, it was stressful. I watched the whole game, and it sucks. Like, New Era, like, sent us a box of, like, the uh, postseason hats. So we, like, all had Dodger hats, like the new postseason ones. And I'm all wearing it, like, yeah, this is so dope. And then just, like, ends are like, oh. That sucked.
0: Everybody in LA was bummed. Um, There, this was supposed to be our year, and it didn't go down. Um, But I'm not gonna sit here and lie. I feel like the Nationals played so much better than the Dodgers did. Like they just killed it, and they deserve to be there. Even though I don't really care for them, but Mm. better luck next year. Who knows if we'll make it next year?
1: Other than that, it was all the fires that were going on in like the Inland Empire and San Fernando Valley.
0: Yeah, the um, The Santa Ana winds or pretty freaking gnarly my brother snapchatted our backyard and our parents backyard and it was so insane and man it's just sad to hear about those fires and to know that you have family or friends close to that Mm -hmm. like i know erica had hit me and she's like yo i can't go home i'm sick i'm stuck at my mom and and my mom's house in redlands because they won't let us go through because the fires are right by the freeway and i'm like dude like Mm -hmm. people that we love are being affected and prayers to everybody that was like really affected where they had to evacuate or if their house was touched like the animals animals man it's so sad just prayers to everybody and i'm glad like pretty much i think like the ie ones are all out i think it's just the one over here yeah i haven't
1: seen the news today but hopefully all that is like settled up pretty soon i feel super bad for all those people
0: sucks. The other thing that we wanted to touch on is this new documentary on Netflix Netflix called Living Undocumented. Um it just came out uh, I think like earlier this week and um Anthony and I started watching it a few days ago and man, it follows a few different people's lives and their experiences with being immigrants during the Trump era. So, during this time. And we haven't finished it yet. We haven't finished it yet, but What I will say is um, coming from a family that were immigrants, you know, being Latina, um, I mean, I'm fortunate that my parents were like no joke people. Like they came, my dad had already been living here for a while. And once my mom and him got married, we, they made it a, a priority to try to become citizens as soon as possible. So by the time I was four years old, my mom was pregnant and we took a road trip to Texas where they took like their citizens test or whatever i, I guess it was like I, maybe it was like the first available like appointment because like it takes a long time you could do that in la too but they they went to texas and they did it and i remember that trip i remember that whole thing my mom being pregnant pregnant and them becoming citizens it was just like a priority for them but you know it's a lot harder now it's a lot harder for these families like you know coming here illegally like leaving their country fleeing their country because of different like issues where they're afraid afraid for their lives, they're afraid for their, their children, there's no job opportunity where they're from, like all of that stuff comes to play. And I think I recommend everybody watching Living Undocumented because in you, if you don't know anybody who has experienced this, you will put it in
1: perspective for
0: you. Exactly. You will understand a little bit more. You will get that perspective and you'll realize that it's not only like people that you don't know, but it might be your neighbor. It might be a friend of a friend. One of
1: the girls that is in the documentary works at the and Nip store in Fairfax.
0: And I met this girl and she's so sweet and I would have never known. I would have never known that she's dealing with this and and my heart goes out to her.
1: Yeah, it's just really sad. You know, it's like... You never know what the other person's going through. Like I said, one of the girls that's in the documentary works at a rip and dip store on Fairfax and film a lot in the rip and dip store though and just like following her around and like what she has to go through to a day-to-day basis. And it's something that I never had to worry about. Mm -hmm. Like my parents aren't immigrants, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, i am I just don't know that world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes like you think your life is hard.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, me and Anthony got a reality check. Like we think our life is hard, like like the first character or the not the first character but the first story that they go into is just crazy it's this it's a guy and it's just he's dealing with a lot his his lady is pregnant and she's de- she's going to be deported and it's just like so it's so heartbreaking it's outrageous to be honest what these people do to to immigrants but mm-hmm. I don't want to tell I don't want to give it away but it's just like yeah like it's i love like it's heartbreaking and as as heartbreaking as it is like i think it's so important for people to see this like you said like you never knew that or had to worry about that like it's not like something that wasn't a problem yeah yeah, i don't
1: know that life and you know it's good that people are putting um a spotlight onto it though and like really like educating us and like something that like you could watch it and you could relate to it mm-hmm. and then I could watch it and be like, I didn't even know mm-hmm. like it's like that out there. And mm-hmm. especially like with the Trump era and like what's going on now, it's like making things like a hundred times worse. So it's just sad, man. Like, you know, support, like donate, like try yeah. to do what you can, you know. And get um, get
0: educated. The the least we can do is get educated. Um, so watch it. People watch TV all the time. Watch the documentary. Yeah, it's really good. Docuseries. It's a good one. Um, I it actually prompted me to go online and search how I can help and I think um, I posted it on my Instagram last week but um, basically it's like you search five ways to help immigrants and like I signed some petitions I donated a little bit of money and um, it's just like getting involved in volunteering time so just looking at what's going on in your community and where mm-hmm. how you can you know give back just understand that people are going through some really hard times and these kids and these families that are being separated like it's really like that's not right like america has a pattern of really hurting different communities like the native americans have been hurt and they it, they were separated from their families before
1: african African-American. americans african
0: americans have been mistreated horribly slave slavery actually you know that was like disgusting and that was a reality for them you know mexicans and latinos were um they used to be like hosed down too and just like really treated horribly because they were brown and I mean every every different culture that's not white has had the white man oppress them and mm-hmm. this is just another version of the white man oppressing and also let me just say that this documentary doesn't only talk about Latinos they yeah, talk about people Philippine. that are from from the Philippines or from Asia um, people from all, all across the world and so you'll learn from all these people and you'll see what that what it's about and it, my heart goes out to these people also it reminds me of a song by mana called pobre juan and it's about a man trying to cross a border and it's heartbreaking but thank you so much am for being here um yeah, i appreciate thanks for you having me
1: it was fun just keep like chasing your chasing your goals chasing your dreams you know like yeah keep getting at it you know if you guys have any questions or anything you know me and Ysenia are always here Hit us up. Thanks for tuning in to episode seven. Um, like I said last night, we had to do a little persuading to get the next guest for episode eight, but he <laughs> is coming on. And don't guys... s-
0: and we're not giving anything away, no, but it's gonna we be We don't a know good when one. it'll be, it's but it's gonna be amazing. Next episode, yes, and of course, like stay motivated. Um, know that if your career isn't happening or changes aren't happening in your life right now, it's okay. We're always here for your questions to help guide or just to be there at vent you to vent it out
1: if you're tired of the same results do something different
0: that's what i'm saying that's it thank you so much for listening growth nostalgia is available on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and google play make sure that you subscribe you rate and you leave a review Uh, and link can be found on instagram follow us on instagram at growth period nostalgia that's g-r-o-w-t-h period n-o-s-t-a-l-g-i-a Growth Nostalgia is recorded in Los Angeles, California. Logo created by Adam Gonzalez. Intro and outro music by Damar Davis. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one. Yer. Bye.